You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichel. Welcome to our conversation this week on Satya. We are waiting for Kimberly to join us shortly. Um, yeah, so Satya, truthfulness, it's a bit more than telling the truth, you know? Um, So I just realized that Kimberly texted me, like, are we doing this? We're doing this. I'm letting her know I already went live. And that's part of the fun of technology. We're constantly just trying to figure it out and meander our ways through. Um, So last week we were talking about Ahimsa and being nonviolent and what that translates into today's day and age. And today we're going to go into uh, satya, so truthfulness. I often think that people think about this concept of truthfulness as speaking their truth, you know, and that their truth, the way they live is their truthfulness. But it goes on, it goes beyond something like that, I think. Do you agree, Kimberly? Welcome I to the conversation. Agree. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, That's the thing is like, people are very, it's very like, uh, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> in the wellness community to be like, this is my truth. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> people um, often mistake Not everybody's truth. <laughs> is the same truth obviously <laughs> yes well a lot of people mistake truth as opinion i mean their opinion for truth opinion. Mm-hmm. your opinion for truth your judgment so your judgments for nonviolence and your opinion for truth but those are not necessarily true like it's not you have your opinion and your opinion may be you know that there's no climate change but yeah. i don't think that that you we we can you know we can and probably would go there's plenty of people go back and forth with me to be the that's that that is not true like you know it makes me think of a mole situation where i went to a restaurant and uh my husband was i had ordered enchiladas and i broke out in a rash i started itching and my stomach hurt and i realized that there had been mole like chocolate mole in my sauce and um, my husband's like, oh, well, at least we know the truth now. I've known <laughs> no. since I was a little kid that I'm allergic to chocolate. Right. Uh, but he was of the opinion, since I was older now, that I would be able to, you know, digest, have, it. digest it or things would change because we grow, people can grow out of grow allergies. Out of but, you know, the reality was I knew my truth right. <laughs> because my body has a physical reaction to it. Like... And that's how I look at, you know, it was his opinion that it was unknown, but since I've reacted to it in the past, I knew that it was not, you know, that it was a truth. And that's just like a superficial level thing. But oftentimes people will focus on their perception of the world versus, you know, uh, what else can be. They don't hold this. Some people don't hold the space for multiple experiences. Experiences, their opinions. Yes, and that's why I feel like this one can be 
misconstrued quite often because truth and opinion easily get mixed up and it's a bit yeah. simple to be you know and i i can say that i personally will be you know certain things i will stand firm on and be like you know what like i, I don't waver on this idea you know that that people don't deserve human rights like i can't waver on that that's not mm-hmm. it's not something for me that <clears throat> can be challenged to where I feel like, okay, well, I'll just think about it. No, like, I won't think about it. Like, I don't need to think about that. And, you know, I know that some of those things, like, there are many other people who feel the complete opposite of me and feel that way, too. So it's like, you know, I can acknowledge both, both sides of certain ideas, but when it comes to human life and people being able to have access to clean water and certain things, like, I just... That's not where I'm going to be like, okay, well, that, that's just, that's your truth and this is mine. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know. And also, like, our minds, we tend to gravitate towards what changes rather than what stays the same. So, you know, sat literally translates into true essence or true nature. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly's true nature is that she believes in equity, injustice, um, and human rights. That's something that's not going to change about her. Yeah. Um, like the way she goes about achieving those, that will change. But the fact that she believes that people deserve dignity mm-hmm. and uh, opportunity isn't going to change. The fact that she's hardworking, whether that was you know working in the kitchen as an executive chef or working as a yoga teacher, like that's part of her unchangeable self. She and I are both extremely stubborn. <laughs> that's part of the true essence of our nature. It's the like, truth, you know. It's the truth, and then we, you know, sometimes people are like, "Oh, you're, you know, I'm not stubborn," and it's like, you probably are. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. The thing is, is like being able to look at ourselves honestly. Yes, and like, know that sometimes you know things come to light that changes some of the things that you may believe, you know, some of the things that you could have hold, held really true maybe have just been opinion and they change, yeah. you know, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we, we, you know, assign a lot of blame sometimes and shame to people, mm-hmm. you know, changing their minds or uh, growing in a different way and learning, you know, there's just so much to open your mind to when you're actually paying attention. So, you know, we're going to have times and opportunities where we may not have known and we may have caused harm to somebody because we thought that our truth was more important than theirs, you know, or vice versa. And like so, feeding someone mole. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate allergy. that is important to to realize like Thea's not going to go there again and order the same thing and be like hey maybe I'm just going to try this to see if it's like no you know like some people know that they have a certain aversion or a certain allergy to whatever it's not you know I keep asking my husband to try olives and he's he he like (laughs) 
He's not allergic to it, so he does. Just like maybe one day I'll like it, but he'll never like it. I could just give up now and be like, no, he won't like the olives. But, you know, he. he but Kimberly's mind it. fluctuates. <laughs> <laughs> He's game for it, so sometimes it'll be this kind of. Because I love olives, but you know, it's like that's the thing, thing is that we're on different, you know, his is like. His opinion is that olives is, tastes horrible. Mine is that I really love olives. It's, it's just like very interesting. So nothing and that can change, that. right? Yeah. Like taste change. I think for him it's never going to change, but. No, but I meant on your end. You might, you <laughs> might at once experience like a, a bad a olive. A bad olive. Oh yeah, that's true. I have had a bad olive. But, yeah. you know, things like that. Those don't superficial. hurt people. Yeah, yeah, those don't those don't make people have less rights or, or you know, challenge their humanity or, or that's just something small. Like I don't like that kind of shoe or whatever. You know. Yeah. Those are opinions. Like. And sometimes I'm going to use strong language here, mm-hmm. but people think that satya means you can just be an asshole. Right. Because it's my truth. You know, right. you're this, that, and the other thing. I mean, but it's, that's being jerk isn't the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not practicing ahimsa, <laughs> you know, and ultimately like, just because it's your opinion that you don't like that person's leggings, you don't like their lifestyle. You don't like something superficial about them or they, their values differ than you. Like mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> Unless minding your own business causes harm. <laughs> there's always but a caveat. Like there's, there, that's, that's it. That's the contradiction to everything, too. Yeah. It's like some things, you know, like when we're growing up, when I was little, my mom was like, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all, you know? But, like, that, that is, like, a superficial thing. But it makes you think about, like, it, we should be thinking about what we're saying and have a thoughtful mm-hmm. conversation with people if we're having tough conversations too and having conversations with strangers on the internet who you don't know is usually not where the most truth is going to be coming out (laughs) (laughs) no no so you know thinking about who and why we're speaking you know like who we're talking to and why we're even having this conversation those are important because some people are going to be able to grasp your truth and other people won't. Yeah. And that's something to acknowledge too. Because I don't want to go through my life having this conversation with people who just like will not understand or even come to the table having an open mind about talking about something. You know, I could talk to somebody about these types of things. It's usually never going to change my perspective but like we were talking on the last podcast you know the two sides of the coin in the center too like the the edges around are where we you know where people can have discussions without screaming and yelling at each other and and you know not understanding that we're both human beings I was thinking um my the writing teacher that I admire a lot she was saying she's previously an attorney and her attorney, her, her mentor in the law said to her, you know, uh, you have to be able to see both sides, but if you're able to be apathetic, 
then you're an ineffective attorney. Mm -hmm. Like you have to believe in something, mm -hmm. you know, um, you can't be indifferent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for life too, even though the coin has three sides, like ultimately how we experience the side informs how we live. Like often I can see things from multiple perspectives. Most of the time. Thea Most is <laughs> extremely good at seeing, even when you don't want to see the other side. Oh, it is annoying. It annoys but me sometimes because I'm like, I just, <laughs> but it's helpful in problem solving and resolution yeah. because people often react out when they feel unheard or unseen. Yes. And, <clears throat> you know, in the conversations that are happening, as of late, you know, particularly around like gender and race and socioeconomic status and whatnot, like the quickest way to shut down a conversation is, you know, to call someone a racist or a misogynist or a bigot trying to, or a bigot because now, I mean, and it's not everyone's responsibility to open the door of conversation with someone who's being, you know, beyond reasonable. Like some of those videos you see of people screaming at uh, people who are just working in a store, you know, that person's not open for a conversation, <laughs> no. you know, but like when you're dialoguing with someone who, you know, whether that's a colleague or a family member or a neighbor saying, you know, you're a racist or you're a bigot, that's not going to get the conversation to a place that might change the person's mind and see a different truth. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, the truth yeah, is they might not moments, even know it. Right. And in those moments too, you know, when somebody makes statements that are, you know, kind of incendiary, like they set mm -hmm. you on fire, like you got to discern what's the best technique in being able to find how you can communicate the truth that you know in a way that is effective. Mm -hmm. And that may, it may be effective in just being able to kind of simmer your fire. It doesn't mean it's going to change what the other person thinks or feels or does either. Yeah. You know, we have to be able to have these types of conversations and be able to, um, to think about like what, what, what is our own personal truth also so that <clears throat> we sit in that truth and, and we, you know, acknowledge that there may be differences in what other people feel, but that we can honor ourselves in that space too. And like, I know Kimberly and I both are like, if we just sit with something that we feel like we should say something, we have to say something in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise we're not practicing ahimsa to ourselves or to others. Like recently I was in a class and someone, a writing class and, um, someone was mentioning the work that was done and used the race, racial slur that was in the work. And this was a white person that was commenting on the work and they changed the conversation to about themselves. Um, and they said, oh, I don't even really like saying this word, but they said the word. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that I could say nothing <laughs> and um, be really angry at myself or I could say something and make myself heard and, you know, when I had this dialogue with people in my class where I said, you know, I, I mentioned it to the teacher and then we had a, a session where we just talked about that outside of class. And I said, you know, I don't think that white people should use this word at all. Um, 
but ultimately it really matters context. Yeah. And in the context, that person shifted the story away from the person who was of that community and their work and made it about them and their discomfort, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to say something because I felt strongly about it. And some people didn't agree with me. Other people did. And when I approached it with context, uh, most people agreed with me then. Yep. And it's not, you know, speaking your truth in the beginning too is really can be really hard for for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't not for Kimberly. <laughs> doesn't come naturally to, think, to yeah. most people. You know, it just yeah something that you know. I mean, it can be really difficult. And so when that's the case, too, is just <clears throat> learning, like, what things and sitting what things that you that you know, you know, you can't stay silent about. You know mm-hmm. you need to be able to communicate effectively. And even if you can't communicate effectively, you can talk to somebody that you love and that loves you, who how you have a relationship with about situations so that you can have a conversation with somebody who's safe too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the conversation with the person that, you know, yeah. it happened, but that there's an, a conversation around it, that there's not, you know, shame built up or, or, yeah. you know, difficulty in, because all of us have, have been like so shocked by something that yeah. we didn't know what to say. Like yeah. everybody has, like, there's just yeah. always those types of moments. And, and it's very easy to beat yourself up about those situations. Yeah. But the more that we get in the practice and and the routine of being able to have these types of discussions, the, the easier those discussions become. Yeah. It's not ever like easy peasy, you know, but yeah. it becomes something where you know you can feel it inside. You have to mm-hmm. say something. And the more of us that are continuing to say something and continuing to be that voice and continuing to be allies and, you know, hold communities up that need our help is going to be the stronger that those communities are going to be. Yeah. And, you know, just the thing about the truth, right? Like the truth is that we are all people with emotions and feelings Uh and reactions. And, you know, when we do get into those situations, like honoring the way we feel in that moment, like in the moment when that woman said it, I was, I didn't have the the capacity to um, say something, but immediately, as soon as I could, I sent a message, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that maybe we can't do something in the moment, like Kimberly's saying, but having a dialogue or being able to contact, you know, whoever's facilitating, because Kimberly and I both have been in situations where someone has said something in a yoga space that's yep. not appropriate. Yeah, where we have to address those types of situations in a very, you know, kind and nonviolent, non-judgmental space, you know? Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard. I mean, it just can be really, really difficult. But, you know, the more that... <clears throat> you acknowledge that you're in a seat of power, you have to be able to diffuse certain situations that are going to arise. Like that's just as a person who is interacting with others in the world, we are going to have a differing opinion and truth's going to be different for one person than the other. And the truth is we're all wounded. Mm -hmm. 
Like we all have our battle scars and it's important that we take care of ourselves so that we're not still hemorrhaging from those wounds and wounding others um, and, and putting it in the frame of, well, that's my truth. <laughs> exactly. We got to do the work. Do the work. So everybody do the work. And have good friends. And have good friends. <laughs> or, or a support people. network. Yeah. yeah. That's a very helpful part. It's easier to be, you know, to be nonviolent and to be truthful when you can, you know, let it out if you need to, to safe parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe yeah. that's your therapist, you know? Like, there's yeah. lots of people that can be, you know, helpful to be able to express, you know, your feelings, your emotions, and to be honoring yourself in your truth, too. And there's one more thing that I want to add to truthfulness that I completely forgot to say. Uh, truth in what you're doing, whether that's work, socially, uh, any other capacity in which something might feel like it's not congruent for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like say, for example, you are a bill collector and it makes you feel bad because you don't want to be in that position because it goes against the, it's the antithesis of your values. Then being in that position would be going against your truth. Yeah. I worked in the casino industry for a few years and it really messed me up because it was totally against my values, you know? And once I left that situation, then I was more congruent and I felt better. Yeah. And I'm sure Kimberly can think of this, not that you have to do so on the spot, but I'm sure you can think of something in which you weren't congruent and then you re- acknowledged yourself and changed your path. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's many, you know, studio situations or organizations that I worked with where I found in the beginning, I thought that we were going in the same direction and we ended up like splitting off very, very dramatically and, Mm -hmm. you know, being, being hurt by a lack of truth being shared, you know, and thinking of people in one way and them showing their true abilities and what they wanted from me in a completely different way. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing is that the way that I perceived, and and I'm going to tell you 100%, the way that I perceive those events and the way that the other people perceive it is going to be absolutely two separate different ways. They're not going to think about the way that I feel. Like, it's just not happening, you know? And that's that's the reality sometimes is that... Mm -hmm our truth's not the same because <laughs> it's yeah. not it's it's just it's perceived in a different way especially in a power dynamic where you have the potential of being taken advantage of so you know i had to learn the hard way to really sit in that space and then realize like going forward those are not the relationships or the dynamics that i want to have with the person you know thea and i work really well together because we treat each other as equals you know Mm -hmm. we look at each other with mutual respect and you know that's a really important thing in in having a person that you you know share a lot of vulnerable information with too Mm -hmm. so you know it's hard because i feel like yoga is kind of like that gray space where you like feel really like vulnerable and emotional in your body you know like you're doing all this these things with your body and also like you know learning about philosophy too you just kind of like have these little breakthroughs 
And so mm-hmm. it's very easy to feel like those breakthroughs are because not not personally your own, but because of your teacher or because mm-hmm. somebody told you that you're going to feel like X, Y, and Z. And so it's a fine line of being, you know, being careful and not putting all the power into somebody else's hands. Like you are the guide. You are the truth seeker. You are the person that is doing the work to get to feeling those places where you can really be your most authentic self, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. And-, and sometimes facing the truth is hard, like when those situations aren't working, but in your mind, you want them to work. So you just keep at it. You keep trying. And you're like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this like it's like square peg in a round hole, like not happening. You know? Unchanging. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Unchanging. <laughs> they got to fit. Uh, you know, as part of life is being open to, to realizing like that, that it's not always going to go our way. Yeah. And we have to be able to be resilient and continue to be on the path to, you know, I could have let those things really like mess me up and just stopped, you know, but I decided, Hey, you know, I still want to keep going. It's still an important thing in my life. This is a really, you know, I feel very strongly about practice of yoga and teaching yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. but it looks a lot different. It's not the same either, you know, and I have to be okay with that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like going back to the historical context of it, you know, it's that's more about acknowledging that we're not just our thoughts and that there's a gap between who we think we are and who we really are um, and the connection to Atman. But that really depends on, on belief system as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a, san- a saying in Sanskrit that uh, originates in I think it's Tibetan in origin. It's Tatvam Asi, which is T-A-T-T-V-A-M-A-S-I with spaces between the three words. Um, and it translates, thou art that, which means we are the what we perceive in the world. You know, um, the way we look at the world is a reflection of our lived experience. Mm-hmm. You know, but our core being, our core selves, they are in the changing. And that's it, folks. <laughs> that's all we're going to go through with this one. So next yes. week, we'll be back with a, our third Astea. Yama. Astea. Non-stealing. Talk about how you shouldn't steal. because really <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about just winding up in prison. We're talking about stealing in a variety of ways. Stealing your energy, stealing your time, stealing your money, all kinds of things. So check back with us about that. And uh, check out the archives of the podcast. Our last episode was on Ahimsa. This one on Satya. We're going to roll through the rest of the Yamas and Niyamas. Um, You can listen to all the podcast archives at don'tsufferlikeus.com. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer.